Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Caroline Slaughter, director, writer, and voiceover. This episode is actually part two of a two-part episode. In part one, Caroline and I talk about comedy, writing, and routine. It is episode 325, the one immediately before this one. In part two, Caroline and I talk about knowing your worth and mentorship. Enjoy. So what I want to shift to next is knowing your worth. Oh, man. This is something that is valuable to people at all stages. It is something that is not taught in school, worth and value. It is something that creatives struggle with from the second they start on a creative endeavor because by definition, we're oftentimes building a world that doesn't exist. The majority of people don't understand what we do because you can't roll up to them and be like, I'm an accountant. If you need tax stuff, this is what I do because as a creative, you just mentioned you do voiceover, directing, writing. There's so many things that you can do. There's so many things that I can do. So then you're like, all right, Rob, what are you worth? And I I heard a phenomenal quote uh, this past Friday by a guy named Grant Cardone. He said, you are only paid twice in your life when you are underpaid and when you are overpaid. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Wow. Well, this is still something I'm battling with. So, I mean, we, this is something I actually do my morning pages on specifically this morning I did because, you know, it right now there's a lot of conversation around gender parity, especially in my industry, um, in sports around, you know, the, the women's soccer league, um, you see it happening and changing and shifting, but we still, as, as women, as men have to have to own what we're worth, know the skill and talent that we have. And I think it comes down to really knowing the value of time. Time is so important to us. Time is our currency in in so many ways. Like that's how we spend money is our time. Um, So I'm trying to look at that too. So if I'm working on someone is asking me to write a pilot for them and I look at the pilot, I'm like, how long will it take me to do this? What is my time worth to sort of teach this person and be, have them involved? And it's, it's looking at time spent. That's sort of where I'm trying to look. You I agree. So here's the challenge for people in the very beginning of their careers. You say, I am a starving artist. I will do anything to work. All I want to do is get paid to do what I love. And because of this, it becomes this conundrum of, can I get paid enough to survive? So there's like, there's various levels of this, of what you're worth. There's getting off the ground, then there's the consistent, and there's abundance. And it's difficult when the people who write the checks value you different than you may value yourself. And this obviously depends on where you are, because if someone says, hey, Rob, are you willing to uh, create this video for X amount of dollars? And if it's like half of my rate, but you're like, man, I could really use the money. All of a sudden, now you're starting to justify. So back to the knowing the value of your time. And it's difficult because they'll say, well, Rob and Caroline, 
we don't have shows that have been written for FX or work with these giant companies. So I don't have the credibility to be able to position myself as someone who is worth that. But we all know how valuable we are. So how do you sort of deal with this dynamic or how have you throughout your career, especially early on? Oh my gosh. I've had producers that have fought for me, honestly. Like I hate to say that, but I've had other people be able to have those conversations. I've just put together a rate sheet really when I'm, because I've had other people doing it for me. I've had agents doing it for me. And now I'm trying to sort of own the power of my own value and know how to ask for what I'm worth. Um, so I'm doing that work myself now. And I think too, it's so interesting. Like I've learned too, the more I say no to the things that are not aligned with what I ultimately want to do and the stories that I want to tell, even if there's a paycheck connected to it, if I say no or a person I don't want to work with, there's so many people that come in, you know this, and you're like, oh God, I'm triggered. I can't, I'm so triggered, triggered by this person. If I say no and trust, another thing will come in that actually is aligned with what I want to do, the right person I'm working with. So I think it's the energetics too of knowing when to say no and knowing not to settle. I mean, it's like dating, really. It's like, you know, when you're settling, you know, when to say no, and you just have to have faith that the right person is going to come in. Man, say, knowing when to say no is going to be one of the hardest things you will ever do, and it's never going to get easier. I just had this happen two weeks ago where I, was, I had three conversations with someone. Each one lasted at least 30 minutes. And by the end of it, we were no further than we were when we started it. And it was like they kept selling me on the, this concept. And it was like, I've got the concept. Like, I'm on it. And there's like selling, 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 selling. And I had to get to the point where I was like, listen, candidly, I get what you're doing, but we need to move forward with this because I don't have time just to sit here and continually have someone talk to me for 30 minutes. And I had to make the decision to say, listen, this just isn't, I don't have the time to be able to dedicate to your project right now. And it's hard because there's always the unknown of what could this project be? Because we've seen there's so many of them that can be home runs or the ones that don't. And I know for me, I've had three instances in my life in which I landed what I believed was my dream project. Everything in my life that I had worked for, I was like, oh my God, I am set. And then each one of those went away. And I was like, oh my God. I can't believe this. And you got to get back up and you but, keep doing it again. But looking back in hindsight, can't you see where that led you? If it's a skill that you picked up because of it, if it's a relationship, you see where that, how they led you somewhere else, you know? Very, very much so. And it's not easy to say no, but guess what? That's why we do morning pages because the next day I say, listen, I'm not going to let this, decision that I made live in my head anymore because that's actually why I made the decision of no to say you're right. no longer taking ownership in my head of me thinking about this loop of what do I do what do I do what do I do and finally I just cut it off being like this isn't for me I best of luck right and no comes from a like Rob no comes from a place of value and like there are a lot of new I was just watching um a showrunners roundtable with like Ryan Murphy and Gingy Cohen and like um Ava DuVernay, and they were all speaking to this question. And they all said, 
shit, man, when we were starving artists, we wanted to take everything. And so now that we have shows, we want to take everything and say yes, everything. And they're building empires, but they're strung out. Like they don't have lives because of it. And so there is now, because they have empires now, they can say no more or they can delegate. And I think the starving artist who's listening to your podcast is like, how do you expect me to say no? Well, I think what I don't expect you to say no to ever as much as you, Rob and I are saying no to, because we have more of a track record, but I do expect you to know who you can and can't work with. If someone isn't respecting, respecting you say no. If someone doesn't know your skill set and your voice say no, like get specific about what you want to work on, what, who you want to work with, write those down in your morning pages and get really clear on that. And what projects you want to work on, what brands you want to work with. And I promise you, if you have faith and trust in this process, that is creativity in life that will come to you i know it it's happened to me there's oh my a, gosh i just thought of my whole like high horse there <laughs> there is a quote that i live by that has helped guide me over the last six and a half years you cannot worry and trust at the same time oh i love that you know, know how quote math you know how hard that is <laughs> so sure i believe in this quote you're like, all right, Rob, great quote. Now you have to go and live it. So when that deal that you thought was going to land gets pulled at the last second and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Especially on a creative endeavor where sometimes it's like you're fighting for any scraps you can get. And then all of a sudden tomorrow, someone just drops a campaign in your lap and is like, hey, can you do this tomorrow? It's going to be an awesome gig. And you're like, how in the world? That's That goes back to the the trust and numerous times in my morning pages, I've actually written to myself during the struggle saying, listen, you've been here before, you know, it works out in the end. You just have to trust this. And it's really good perspective when it does hit. So when mm -hmm. you do, when you do get the positive thing that you've been looking for, it's important to be able to look back and say, listen, I know that what it took to get to this point, I know this isn't going to last forever. And I know that I need to feel, I want to enjoy this victory, but I'm still mm -hmm. looking forward. Yeah. And staying present and staying exactly where you are. And I mean, I meditate more if I'm worrying, you know what I mean? Like if I'm in that space of worry and also, you know where it lives, it lives in your brain. So it's your brain speaking and not your heart you know, and that, that goes back to woo woo, but it's truth. It's like live and ground in your heart and like ground in that place of knowing and truth instead of living up here where your brain's just like on repeat. And I believe that's why everything we've just talked about is so important. The mental side of this, that yeah. you and I, if you really think of it, you can, you can break us up into two different people, the creative side of what we do and the mental side of what we do. So sure. I'm the bro over here, but on the mental side, you and I, Caroline, we are, we are one with the way that we think. And I, and I want this to be another action item that I knew that when I started my entrepreneurial journey, there was two things that could never be taken from me. One was the amount that I learned, which is why I read every day for 30 minutes first thing in the morning. No matter what, no one can ever take that. And then number two is your mindset. You, I, that's why I've adopted this, this positive mindset all the time because no one can ever take that away from you. And the biggest barrier to success in any creative or entrepreneurial endeavor is your mind because oftentimes 
you're your own worst enemy, even though you're also your best champion. And your mind is going to be the one that tells you to quit or tells you to keep pushing forward. And you have to constantly be fighting against the negative voice in your head when things aren't going right that tells you to quit and to give up or that you're not good enough or when is this ever going to happen. And that's why you constantly have to be making deposits on a daily basis, meditating, writing, journaling, gratitude, so that your mind is right. Because when your mind is right, you've got clarity and then you can move forward. Exactly. And also running, walking, getting outside. I know this sounds weird, but like, I just, I'm trying, you know, as I said, I'm writing this pilot right now. I'm on a deadline. I went outside for a run. I downloaded the first act, you know, like being able to run. And it's also that place too, of when you're working out, when you're, you know, when your mind is saying, stop, 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 you can't breathe. But then you go into your body and your body takes you. That's the same thing Rob and I are talking about. The mind will tell you, the mind will play games. The body will take you there, the body and heart and that other place in you. Yes. Uh, you want to find that place in you where nothing is impossible. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm fighting for every day. So uh, what I want to talk about next is mentorship. And you mentioned to me that you don't have time to mentor other writers, but you send them everything that you've learned so that they can utilize that. So can you give a little insight into your mindset around this? Because I get a lot of people who reach out to me and I love giving them advice. And one thing that is very common is, hey, how do I get a job in sports? Or how do I be a creative? Or how do I build the, the life that I want? And at a certain point, you can't give the personal attention to everyone because one, it takes you out of your own flow and two, it's just sometimes you get so many inquiries and you want to be able to respond to the person and give them value, but you can't give everybody, it's almost like a consultation. So take me through how you process this. Sure. When people ask me for mentorship and, and granted, I know you, you and I both had mentors and that helped us get further and also helped us get the skills that we have. But um, what I do, I, I do mentor like one or two people, but it's not because I believe in them more. It's because they're aligned with stories that I'm telling, you know, and they're able to sort of come in and observe me with writing stories or directing or whatever. But when I have a slew, because I'm on panels and stuff and people, you know, they just, they, they want me to help them. And what I do is send them, yes, a blanketed email with everything that I've learned thus far about writing. Um, and it's every everything from like round tables like online to to like like I don't know um, Michael Arndt who wrote Little Miss Sunshine has this great YouTube video about the about endings so you know just different things like that that writers can take and they can do their own work because I think a lot of times people come to you because they have a story for me as a writer or a director they're like I have a story and really they want you to do the work for them and write it and I'm like mm-mm. I'm going to give you the tools to write it because you need to find your voice. And that's ultimately what we, what, what me as a mentor, I want to help them find their voice. And that means heavy lifting that's reps on their end. Um, so that's what I, that's what I do. So as we speak, I am building out a social, a written social media strategy video course to help personal brands and actual brands create a written strategy. Why is that important? Because 
you need a blueprint to follow if you're going to be doing your marketing. So much of marketing out there is spray and pray. But guess what is one super important part of the social strategy? Finding your voice. <laughs> and here's what I want you to do, the listener. If you don't currently know what your brand voice is or your personal voice, I want you just to write down some characteristics of what you sound like that when I think about me as a writer and as a creator, just write, just, just word, just do brainstorming, just words that come to your mind when you associate yourself. Because when I think about a brand voice, it's somebody who's reading it or seeing it is all of a sudden going to say, man, I get that. So many brands fail because they don't have a brand voice. It's just, it's monotone. There, there's no heartbeat. I want to find your brand heartbeat, your personality, that thing that says, man, I love Caroline's writing because I know what she sounds like. I know what to expect. What other things can you add to this for someone on how they can help find their brand voice as a person? Oh my gosh, it's so interesting. So right now I'm digging into character like some characters in my stories and there's a character worksheet that I gave the the girl the woman who's writing with me right now I gave it to her because she's fleshing out the characters because she's doing the heavy lifting and I'm writing the pilot and she was like god this helps so much because it's like what your character um, prays for at night what your character eats for breakfast what your character's morning routine is and it's like you're breaking down the character so that you can write from this place from the character it'd be interesting to do the character worksheet for a brand like really just breaking down that voice and that feeling of the brand because it's a living being it's a living breathing thing and then us the um the buyers then make it something else you know with as we buy as we as we continue to to um to interact with it on social media, then we make it another living being thing because we're involved in it. But I think doing the character work around what brand is would be really interesting in an outside the box thing. So yes. I can, if you have a link on your podcast thing, I can send you this worksheet so that people can go there and. Very much so. I will include this in the show notes and finding your brand voice as a creative one, set the foundation. And then two, it can evolve and change but it's important that you understand who you are as a creator so that you know where you're coming from. And to wrap a bow on the mentorship side of things on my end, I always say this with this podcast. I love hearing from you. If anything we talk about causes you to take action or you have questions or you just want to show us some love, I definitely want to hear from you. But my recommendation is always be specific with questions. Don't just ask, Rob, how do I get a job in sports? Give me something specific that I can answer because I will answer one question, but just like you said, I'm not going to write your screenplay for you. And the way that I see mentorship is very similar to you as well. And quite frankly, this podcast is a form of mentorship because my biggest mentors in my life have been books and podcasts because mm. I've read 250 books and I listen to podcasts nonstop. And the reason I do this is because I want to get for the information from the people who have lived it so that I can take the lessons that they've learned and shorten the time frame for me learning. Because you don't always have to make the same mistakes that others have if they say, this is what I've done. This is the path that I've gone down. So I recommend, number one, if you're like, how do I get a mentor? 
go to the library, get a free library card. Get this. You can now download digital books for free. Digital. I just started doing this. You have an entire library at, at your fingertips that you can download to your Kindle or anything. Number two, find the podcast that you like that can be your mentors. And then number three, reach out to someone that you really uh, admire or appreciate. Show them some love and ask one specific question. And then on my end, I do mentor, like you said, one or two people um, who it happens organically. So any other thoughts on mentorship on your end? I, I have a big thought. I think the other thing as a mentee is to give something to us. It's an exchange of energy, you know? And so if you can leave us feeling just as energized as, as we were before you came and you can inspire us in some way as well, then we will, I think I'm more apt to take someone on. But I feel like a lot of times that need, need, need it wears me out and I need that energy for my clients and I need that energy for my work. So to be a mentee, it's like, what can I give you? I, lo I love that. And I think one thing that helps stand out is I preach from the mountaintops video, send a video to any mentor that you want, because guess what it does? It stands out and it's personal or do something that's so above and beyond where you're like, Oh my God, that is incredible. I've never seen someone do X, Y, and Z that, if you want to really find a mentor or stand out, do everything we just said, plus be more creative and different, push your boundaries and say, what can I do to show so much value to this person before I've even talked to them that they're like, wow, I'm willing to give you a minute of my time. Yeah. Or show that you have found your voice or, be, or you're trying to find your voice and you're doing the work to do that. Right, because you know what makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside? When someone hits me up and says, Rob, I've been listening to your podcast. I took action. I landed a client or this positive thing happened. Thank you. That is how you transfer energy, by showing the mentor that you've learned from the results of what you've done. Because for me, living in action is number one. My default is action. So mm -hmm. if you default to action and then you show us, that you took action, we are going to celebrate you and we're gonna be so much more likely to have a conversation because you're already demonstrating your value and worth. Yeah, and gratitude. Of course. All right, last thing that I want to leave with is some books for creatives to read. And as I've mentioned, I'm an avid reader and I've got a list of a few of them that I'll put in the show notes. And these are in no particular order because I've got a bajillion books, but from Ooh, sorry about that. Someone wants to get up on that book, that book I list. Know. <laughs> uh, one of them that's recently new, it's called from poop to gold, the marketing magic of the Harmon brothers. And they're a creative agency that actually uh, created the marketing for squatty potty, which was on shark tank. And they create these viral campaigns. They break through their process of how they do it. I read it on an airplane. I don't even know where I was going, there and back. It was incredible. Uh, Find Your Yellow Talks by Jesse Cole. It's a book about uh, standing out and being different. What Jesse always says, normal is boring. Do the opposite of normal. Uh, one that I know both you and I have read, Caroline, the War of Art, Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battle. I also mentioned The Artist Way, 
It is deep. It took me two times to read, but I believe it is a foundational book for creatives. Just for know, human beings, for human beings. Right, just so good and deep. That's where uh, the morning pages came from. Two more, Talk Like Ted, nine public, sec- nine public speaking secrets of the world's top minds. Why is this important? Because as a writer and creator, you need to know how to communicate. Whether you're doing it from stage or a podcast, a lot of what we're very good at is being able to communicate. And the last one, Three Kings, Diddy, Dre, Jay-Z, and Hip Hop's Million Dollar Rise. What it talks about mm-hmm. is the origins of hip hop and how Diddy, Dre, and Jay-Z became moguls and their journey on it. And the reason I'm including this on there is it inspired me so much because of the relatability of it. Not because I'm relatable from where they came from, but I can relate their story of going from zero to where they are now and what it takes to make happen. Love it. Anything that you would like to add to the books? Rick Rubin in the studio. Um, I love Rick Rubin. I think the way he approaches creativity and the way he approaches spirituality is amazing. Tim Ferriss does a really good podcast with him um, where he taps into both. And then I'm a podcast listener um, and also masterclass taker. So masterclass is a great one um, for filmmakers and screenwriters, whoever, chefs to go to like a hundred bucks I think for the year um but for screenwriters script notes with John August and Craig Mazin I always say that the business with Kim Masters uh the document um that's one that's good for documentary filmmakers and then um just to like a fun one to live and die in LA is a murder it's by uh Neil Strauss and it's like a it's just a really interesting podcast about a true crime story that I'm really into. So it has nothing to do with you being a better person. Just Neil Strauss is a great storyteller. Nice. And one more I want to add, uh, it's called Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. It's something that I don't even remember if it, I believe it's about screenwriting. It was introduced to me from someone that I just wanted to ramp up my knowledge of screenwriting. I've never written anything like that, but I like to know how to do it. And it was super fun and engaging. And I highly recommend checking that out as well. So Caroline, I had so much fun talking with you. We're two peas in the same pod. I know. Where can everybody connect with you? Oh my gosh. Um, on my Instagram feed. So C Slaughters. Um, I don't do any other social media. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but not really. Uh, and then my website, carolineslaughter.com. If you want that writer's write-up that I send to people, just shoot me a line there and I'll send it on to you. Um, and I think that's it. Wonderful. And as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. Did this cause you to think or take action? You can hit me up on Instagram at Rob underscore Cressy, on Twitter at Rob Cressy, or on LinkedIn. That's it. That's all,